0: Your RPG campaign sucks. Wait, come back! I'm just kidding! Do I have your attention now? Your campaign might be good, but it may be missing a little something. That's where BattleBards comes in. BattleBards is premium tabletop audio to take your game to the next level. Is your player's level 5 fighter ready to smack a orc in the face? BattleBards has a sound effect for that. Is your level three rogue ready to talk some information out of a barkeep? BattleBards has the voice acting for that. Are your characters ready for a halfling camp song that raises spirits and shows your players a better time? BattleBards is here for all your fantasy audio needs. And with the MFG cast, we can help out. Go to battlebards.com right now, sign up for an account, and with purchasing a $10 and $25 package, Use the code MFGCAST1, and you get a free song, The Dwarf Temple, The Soul Forging Score Music. If you're into buying $50 and $100 packages, you'll get five total tracks on us for free with using the code MFGCAST2, including a Monsterscape, I, Monster Combat, Behold Extermination, the Soundscape, Dungeon, Dungeon of Loss, Inhabited, the MPC script, Armorsmith, Steel, and Silk, And the sound effect, Short bow Arrow Barrage. And if you're really ready to get into that fantasy audio, buy your $150 and $300 packages and get 10 total tracks, one full album for free from us by putting in the code MFGCAST3, including music, Dark Elf City, Morning Dewar, Score Music, the sound effect, Magic Missile Spell, The Monsterscape, Common Giant, Torture, Hill Giant, and Entertaining at Home. Also, Racial Language, Orcish, Orc, Brute, Lashes Out. And including Soundscape, Castle Ruins, Ruins of the Black Castle at Night. BattleBards has hundreds of great fantasy audio at your fingertips to use for that great audio-enhancing experience for all your RPG gaming. Or, if you want to enhance your board gaming... Or if you do something online, like, say, a podcast like we do, you can use all that fantasy audio, bring it up to the next level. You don't trust us? Well, how about BattleBards audio is being used for the Dungeon Rats podcast, the God's Fall podcast, or maybe you've heard a little something called Critical Role on YouTube, or them having a contract with the Roll 20 app? BattleBards has all your fantasy audio waiting and a big thank you to BattleBards for being a sponsor on the show. This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, it's Kurt. And Tracy. And we are here for another review. We're here to talk about Super Hack Override by Weird Draft Games. This is a game designed by Carla Cop, Nick Cop, and Brent Thompson, and art by Brian Walk Like Egyptian Walker. No, that's not his real nickname. I just gave it to him. I apologize. It was the worst thing to come up with, and if Brian, if you're listening, I apologize already. That was
1: a really bad joke. <laughs> yep, I did it. <laughs> I so. was like, what? <laughs> Say that on there?
0: Nope, it does not. Oh, bad. That's why I'm a dad, because I tell dad jokes. It plays two to six players, ages eight and up, and 10 to 20 minutes. What is Super Hack Override, you may ask?
1: What is it, Kurt? Oh, hey, thanks. Oh! Thanks thanks
0: for reading my prompt, Tracy. Yay! (laughs) Far in the distant future, in the year 2000. Oh, yeah, 2000, that was a good time, guys, wasn't it? The supreme superhacker has been long evading the government and leaving a trail of cyber destruction in his wake. Now the time has come to find a protege super hacker to carry on this legacy. Build your hacker cred by executing your best hacks, or hacks played against you, to prove that you are the worthiest hacker of them all. The first hacker to have the winning cred in public hacks will win the game. But watch out, other hackers can steal your cred by proxy swapping their hacks with yours, and the government will jail you before the game ends. If you hack too many government systems.
1: Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and by the way, you said in the year 2000. You know, that was 17 years ago. Oh my god. That Holy makes me feel super old. Holy shit.
0: Yeah. That's back when everybody thought that the world was going to end because of Y2K.
1: Yep.
0: Remember when that was a thing, guys? We're old. Let's talk about old things. Um,
1: Like walking like Egyptians. Yeah, it's
0: like walking. Do you guys... Kids, do you remember walking like an Egyptian? Ask your parents. So what is Super Hack Override? It is a tiny little game. I mean, literally tiny. Uh, The game consists of 25 hacks, which are the cards, worth 0 to 10 cred, which is your points, as shown on the top of the card. Hacks are either private, in the hacker's hand, so only that they can see them, or public, on the table for everyone to see. Once a hack is public, it stays public unless it's flipped. And then basically what happens is when it's flipped, it turns private again. And some cards have special abilities depending upon if they're private or or public. Um, You can play a hack by flipping over one of your private hacks to be public or any opponent's publics to be private. That's right, you can play opponent's public hacks. That's what it says in the instructions. But yes, that is what you can do. And then only public uh, creds that are in front of you count for points at the end of the game. So depending upon the amount of players is how many uh, credits you need to win. And you can go over two. So don't be worried if you go over 40. If you go to 45, don't be chewing your nails because guess what? That's also good.
1: You are a really good hacker. Yeah.
0: But also, you can also lose the game by having too many government hacks. So if you're playing a two-player game, if you have uh, four government hacks you could lose the game that way, but also for three and up, if you have three government hacks on the table at one time, you could be jailed also. So there's a way where you can do swapping and stuff like that, where you can make somebody else lose the game that way instead of trying to win the game yourself, which is hard, because sometimes when you try to do it, Then (laughs) your wife knows what they're doing, know you're doing, and screws you over. Thanks a lot.
1: And then she nabs you as a government hacker, and then you lose the game. So,
0: long story short, people, I'm not a good hacker at all.
1: But apparently I am, so watch out, world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, to set up the game, the number of uh, hacks in the game is determined by the number of players. So, you actually have to remove some depending upon how many players that you have. So then after you take out the random hacks, then you deal the rest of the cards out to every player. So step one is executing a hack. So what do you do when you execute a hack? There's two ways to do this. You can flip one of your opponent's public hacks to be private, returning it to their hand. So it basically gets their hack off the table so then they don't have as many points. Or you can flip one of your private hacks from your hand into your hand public face up on the table which means it executes that hack so then after you execute a hack then you resolve the effects you read the effects on the card out loud and then resolve the effects and then step three you check hacker card cred to lose or to win so basically you just count the uh, number of points depending upon the number of players if you have over the amount of the winning creds then you win if you have the amount of government hacks to be jailed then you lose so what are some of the effects there are some general effects that are on some of these cards, okay? Some of the cards have what look like a little shield on the cards, and that is a hacker protection. So that means if you have a public hack with that symbol, it protects you from all effects, including proxy swaps, that another hacker would try to play against you. So say you play a card that has a three, and then the shield on your card has a three, those numbers match up, so you cannot do that. If it's a different number then those things don't match up so then you then they can play those cards as normal also there's a proxy swap which looks like it's got a couple of circles that represent players or cards and then it's got different arrows that kind of show the swap so executing a hack with this symbol means that it grants you one of the following as a bonus effect so you can target one of your hackers public effect and pass it to another hacker then choose at random one of their private hacks and place it into the first hackers hand and that remains private or you can swap one of the hackers private hacks for a private hack of any other hackers hand both remain private or you can swap one hackers public hack with a public hack in front of another hacker and then both remain public so basically you're just kind of swapping one hack for another but depending upon if they're private or public that's how they have to stay. There's government cards. The go- the way you can tell that there's government cards is they're kind of a light pink, and then they also have a symbol below the number which kind of looks like uh, tipping scales. And then they're also interrupt cards. So basically, they're like cards that kind of stop whatever is going to be happening to you. Basically, it's a lot of a lot of it has to do with proxy swapping.
1: Yeah, you basically want to stop the hack transaction if you can.
0: Yep. So those cards are always good to have in case of someone trying to steal your stuff.
1: Don't forget about the expansion cards too, Kurt. They add a few extra cards for your playing pleasure.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. And they have a little, a little e symbol with a little.
1: What is I that? Don't, what would you call it? It's not really ma. Mo- uh, kind of looks like a puzzle piece. Yeah. Mo- molecule, molecule? maybe? Yeah. yeah. That's where I was going with it. But yeah, so that indicates the. Expansion. Yep.
0: So that's pretty much how to play Super Hack Override. I mean, there's a lot of different cards in here that really, for a tiny game with not so many cards, there's really a lot of strategy to this. So yeah, so that's pretty much Super Hack Override. I mean, for uh, for what you get, um, there's you know not a lot of cards, but like there's still a lot of game. There's a lot of strategy involved in it. Um, You know, you have to figure out numbers. You have to figure out the swapping. You have to figure out the interrupts. You have to try to You know not not put out too many government hacks to get you know screwed over to lose the game i mean there's there's a lot more strategy to this than i thought there would have been the art is awesome it looks uh very old school you know it looks like something that's from you know the early 2000s which is weird to say because it makes me feel super old but the art is really cool it's just really cool some of the government hacks like there's a couple of them like the the mainframe and then the other mainframe which make me laugh it says does nothing why even hack it for the glory i just i think that's funny you know those two don't really do anything but they have the biggest numbers on them so basically it's just putting them out there so you can have them but a lot of times people are trying to grab them with other proxy swaps but it's cool because the sock puppet is a card that's an interrupt card which socket puppet or socket puppet sorry <laughs> that's why it's not it's kind of like sock puppet but not socket puppet
1: that's why he can't be a hacker folks that's
0: that's right i don't even know the lingo <clears throat> um so basically the sock puppet just no, stops so-
1: socket
0: whatever <laughs> socket puppet sock who cares i'm just kidding everybody cares Um, with a socket puppet it interrupts the target swap but it also puts this one this one card which is a, a cost of one or a victory point of one on top of that card so if you play a you know a really high cost card like a seven then you it bops it down to a one and really screws the other person over so i like that the art is the art is quirky i just love some of the things that they have it's actually one of them looks the firewall looks like a, a virtual castle with fire actually as walls. and I think that's pretty cool. So let's let's review this on our MFG cast scale. So basically we have a couple of ways we do this. We have we love it. It's a game that we love to play all the time. Anytime we're thinking of a game, this is one of the ones that we want to pull out and play. The other one is we like it. It's one of those that we won't want. We don't want to play all the time, but it's one of those. And if if somebody suggests it, we're like, yep, let's do it. Let's play it. It's a lot of fun. Also, there's eh, it's okay. It's one of those that there's a lot of other games that we'd rather play, but if this one comes out we would you know we'll play it every once in a while. And then there's uh we just don't like it. You know, there's gonna be some out there that we just don't really like that much. It's just not our cup of tea and we just wouldn't play it, so we wouldn't suggest it. So Tracy, what do you think about Super Hack Override? I liked it. Yeah.
1: I was trying to think of the options. <laughs> As you touched on before, I think the art was fun. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a take you back. Yep. Kind of art It took me a little bit to Get used to the Verbiage on the cards I think Just to get used to the difference Between public and private And when we could, I could Take stuff away from you Or stop you from taking my stuff um, Or make you angry When we were playing the game
0: <laughs> Which was a lot.
1: <laughs> or, or completely smoke you But I think hey. that The first time that we <laughs> played I think you kicked my butt and then I annihilated you today when we played a couple of times. But so no, I I thought it was fun. It's a completely different game, I think, than we've ever played before. Mm-hmm. So I I would play it again. It's not like you would have to completely twist my arm or rip it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a nice quick game, and I think the the fun part about it when I I hadn't looked at the directions before is they have a section on the directions about um that the table is optional so they talk about being able to play in when you're standing in line which i think would be interesting yeah like i almost want to test it out (laughs) try it out because they say you could flip your public cards towards whoever you're playing and have your private towards you i think it would be kind of hard because i would maybe get a little bit confused yeah as to how to do that but it would be interesting to give that a shot. Saying that you don't need a table to play this game, it is. But it is. It's like a deck of cards. So uh, you could tuck this in your pocket or your bag or something and take it wherever. So pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, quick game. Yep. What do you think?
0: Um, I love it actually. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a uh, cool little quick game it's you know what we call a filler game you know it's one of those that doesn't take very long to play the art is cool that like i said the strategy is just really great i mean it you know when you when i first pulled this out i didn't know what to think and you know we kind of played it a few times and the even the first time i played it i was like wow this this really has a lot of strategy in it for what how many cards you get you know and i love that you know i love getting i love getting more play for your buck basically as far as i can remember on the weird Draft game site uh this game is only twelve dollars i mean that's that is fairly cheap for something that plays this well yeah you know and um it's just it's just one of those that i don't really see for me getting old really because it's just a fun little you know uh not only is it a fun little uh card game but it's almost a fun little gotcha game when it comes to the proxy swapping and the interrupts and stuff like that. I, I like that um, that you can kind of have that interaction and even though we've only played this two players I would love to see this with multiple players just to see how that draws out because then you have to worry about other players and where you want the cards to go and you know who's going to get what you know, so make for more strategy. So I would love to do that, you know. You you were talking about, you know, not having a table, you know, it would be cool to, if we were in line at, like, Gen Con or something like that, or somewhere else would be like, okay, I need, you know, if it was just me, it's going to be me and you, so I'd be like, okay, we need four other players, we're going to play this game really quick, just to see how that works. Now, granted, that probably won't happen because I'm very shy and I don't have enough guts to do that kind of thing, but it would be kind of cool to see what, see what that you know see what would happen with that so right. uh it's funny i feel like we've been doing uh we've been getting uh, a lot of cool games to review and uh i'm going to put another mfg cast uh, seal of approval on it because i think this game is just super fun so cool there you go so that is super hack override if you are really interested in this game just like i said go to weird Draft games go on their website or order, order a copy of it it's fairly it's fairly cheap you get, uh, get a lot of bang for your buck, and it's just super a lot of fun. So, there you go. And that was a review of Super Hack Override. So, until next time, this is Kurt.
1: And I'm Tracy.
0: And this was the MFG Cast
1: Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends on one die at a time.